Well, I'd like to give a really warm welcome. Great to have so many of us here this evening to come together to worship God, uh, to hear God's word read and spoke for. And I hope it's a really good and useful evening for you and an evening that uh, honours God as well, obviously. Um, special welcome to Wes and Jane with us. And Wes preaching, so pleased to have him here. He's preaching on the subject of prayer from Daniel 9, so we look forward to hearing about that later on. He's also going to give a little snippet about the church situation there at the Slade in Plumstead. Um, we're going to start with a, a hymn this evening. It's a hymn you, you probably know, maybe you don't know so well, but it's a very rich hymn. It's uh, five verses, eight lines, it's got some content, but do pause and think about the things that you're singing, because we're really singing for great things. It's uh, Sovereign Lord, we sing your glory. Yours is the eternal throne. Majesty and awesome power flow from God and God alone. So shall we praise God in this hymn? And as we go on, you'll see that we're, we're praying as well for things in this song. Let's sing together our first song.
keeping with what we've just been singing in a moment, but uh, just two things to add to the uh, notices this morning. Uh, one is just to say that uh, Charlie and Bex very much want to say that anyone and everyone is welcome to uh, the wedding service that's here on marriage service that's here on Thursday at uh, 12.30, so I wanted that conveyed to you. Um, secondly, just to say that um, we will be praying about camp as we have been already um, and often on the weeks of these activities we have a, an extra special prayer meeting and there is one scheduled for Tuesday week um, on, uh, at 8 o'clock in the evening at Paul and Sue's house. Tuesday week special camp prayer meeting. Shall we pray together now? Lord, we do praise you the God of glory. We thank you that we have been able to sing of that wonderful glory. And we know that the whole earth is filled with your glory. You are a glorious creator. Your character is glorious, outshining and brilliant. And you are worthy of praise. We thank you that we have some understanding of that glory. We thank you for the way in which we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That so many of us can say you've opened our hearts to see the wonders of the Saviour and we praise you for that fact. We thank you for the wonderful sense of glory ahead of us that we await the glory of the sons of God the immense privileges that you have kept in store uh, for those you have called and for those who have believed. Lord, we do pray, though, uh, that we might understand more of your glory. We echo the prayer of Moses, Lord, show me your glory. Do give us a greater capacity to understand and to respond in awe, wonder, love, praise and worship for your character. We pray that you will restore in us your glory, that we might be transformed from glory into glory as we are made more like Jesus. And we pray that we might be channels of your glory to others, that others may glorify our Father in heaven because our lives are different, blessed by you, and we pass on the gospel. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of meeting this evening Uh, We can come in different attitudes to a service of worship. Uh, Sometimes we're uh, a bit thoughtless and we're not really ready to receive. We're not wanting to praise. Other times our hearts are softened and we're made ready by the Spirit. And we pray for that this evening, that we might be uh, engaged in our hearts and minds in what we are doing as we praise and worship God and as we come under the living word. So bless us, uh, come down to help us, teach us, glorify your name amongst us. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I said it would be good to uh, hear a little bit about the slate. So if I can hand over to you, Wes, it's good for us to find out what's happening in other churches. So, thank you. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Um, Always great to be um, out in the boonies in the country. Um, so we're up in London, um, South East London. It's four o'clock on the M25. You go halfway in to central London. That's where we are, if you've no idea. Um, we've been there years now, Jane and I. We, we never imagined we'd live in London. Um, we're from up north, Midlands, South Wales and so on. But uh, we love being there. And um, last few years, we've seen some massive changes in the church so about four or so years ago, we planted. We planted a church in Abbey Wood. So the assistant minister um, went out with the team. We sent a really big team because we didn't feel we had any key church planting skills amongst us. So including children, um, we sent 60 to 70 um, or so. That, now that was huge for us as a church because basically half of musicians, preachers, elders, workers really went. Um, But that really helped them get off to a good start. What we didn't know when we did that was COVID was going to come along. And unbeknown to us, the Lord would decide to take about half of the other core key workers left away. Now, in God's goodness, they've um, all gone to different places to bless other places. We didn't know that. The the new assistant minister 
um, and his wife and family, they went to North London to um, take on a church there. A family went to Jordan as missionaries. Um, another family went up north. A family went to Brazil. A young couple that were running the 20s and 30s with Jane and I went back to South Africa and so on and so on. So, so that basically has left about a quarter of those who were doing everything left. And, and they've been pretty exhausted <laughs> Um, and COVID, as you know, wasn't the best of things, was it? But God in his goodness has been so good to us. Even though we've been exhausted, we've come together, the unity um, that we've experienced has been a real blessing. And we've seen a number of people come and join us as well. And that's been really uh, thrilling. We're a very multicultural church. Um, I'd say, Jane, what are we, 50-ish, 60-ish, white, British, and then maybe 40% from uh, other nations, maybe 20% 20 is is African, 20% is from all over the place. But the the, the diversity is so rich, and the way we get on and respond to one another, it's just great, and and we're learning things all all the day as well. this year, we really bought into Passion for Life, the, the nationwide uh, mission, and we used that in the first term after Christmas in training in our house groups, and people got really excited and encouraged about sharing their faith, um, so we did a few events um, before, we did a family event just before Easter, then we did a big thing, Easter weekend, and then in June, we did these three Jubilee um, events and we were all feeling a little bit tired, wondering how they would go. And, and God just blessed us wonderfully. We did a cream, Jubilee cream tea for the older folk. And we did a family Jubilee event. And then we did a quiz night um, with a guest speaker. Some of the guys will know Rob Pickering from Selhurst. He came. And uh, all those events were, were just packed with visitors, non-Christians from the local community. Loads of them had never been to church before. And we've just seen some great opportunities since. Um, this one lady came in and um, at the family event and she brought 11 people with her. And um, she started saying, oh, hello, Wes. Oh, hi, Jane. Oh, hi, Andy. And we were like, who are you? And she says, oh, I've been watching for two years online. And I've been so scared to come to church. And then her little kids came in. And Andy, who does the kids talk every week and it's online, they were like, mommy, it's Andy from the telly. And uh, so just crazy little things like that because of COVID and putting services online. We've had another family start coming who used to come years ago. And I mean 15 or so years ago. They came to all the Holder Club events, but we'd never see them again. They, they're coming at the moment. They've got, we've got 10 people doing a Christianity Explored course. I went to church four Sundays ago, not thinking we were going to run a Christianity Explored course. And by the end of the service, a few different people had spoken to me. And anyway, it's just snowballed and we've got 10 doing that at the moment. We did week four this week. I would never normally do a Christianity Explored course July, August. But there just seemed these people that were really keen, raring to go. And this past week, we've run Holiday Club. Um, Now, I've had nothing to do with it for years, Um, Jane hasn't, but all the, you know, geriatrics like Jane and I, we've been dragged back in to do it, Um, but it's been fantastic, and then other people sort of came and joined us, we didn't even know last minute, and uh, this Sunday was a, a big last celebration, and lots of the families that we'd managed to reach, they came. And it was a great um, gospel presentation from Andy. So it, it feels like a new church. Uh, it, it really does. We had a picnic a month or so ago. And I just said to a couple of people, just just have a look. And it's, wow. Now, now these people that have left, we love them and miss them dearly. That they, they were really so precious. But God in his goodness has brought other people along. They're from all sorts of different church backgrounds. So that's been really, really interesting. Um But it is, yeah, it's just been a real joy um, to to work through with these different people. So so please pray for us. Oh, and please pray, especially you guys who remember Rob Pickering coming. He's doing a football academy next week. And uh, he just wants everyone to to pray for that. 
Um, they're hoping even to have Patrick Vieira, the Crystal Palace manager, come up on the Saturday and present the boys with um, awards and so on. Um, but uh, yes, he just said, oh please, wherever you go, tell people to pray. We've not got enough boys coming yet, so pray that more will sign up. But summer does give great opportunities, like some of you young guys have been away, and then there's camps coming up. So um, lots to praise God for, but re- rebuilding really, that's, that's the phase that we're in at the moment. Great, thank you. I'm still a little bit different from Cobra. They're great to hear about and good to pray in response to. So I'll try and remember some of the things that Wes has said, but uh, the things I forget, perhaps you can pick up and pray for yourself, and we will pray for other things as well. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, it delights our heart to think of the way in which the gospel is received uh, by people from different nations, different parts of this country, different cultures, all coming together united in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the way the work of the church carries on from one generation to another and it goes through changes and difficulties but you build your church. And we thank you to hear of uh, the things that have been encouraging there at the Slade. Lord, we thank you for uh, the work you have done there over the years. We thank you for um, the way in which you have brought new people in We thank you for how encouraging the Passion for Life events have been. Uh, We thank you for the way in which people are witnessing uh, to those around them. We thank you for the way in which uh, you have helped those who are a little bit worn out with people moving off and they're being left to uh, pick up uh, responsibilities that they didn't think that they would have to do. But you have given them strength and helped them. We do pray that you continue to give them stamina We pray also that you might bring in uh, some other workers or bring on some other workers from within the church to take on different responsibilities in the life of the church. We pray for the church plant at Abbey Wood to be growing and healthy and a blessing. And we do pray as well for this football academy coming up with the opportunities it brings. And we pray for Rob Pickering, his involvement in that. We pray that might prove a real vehicle for the gospel uh, to go forward and uh, the lads that come might really be a, um, thoughtful about the message of Jesus. Lord, we do pray for the church there, uh, for other churches, people here linked to other churches and we pray in line with Acts for them to have peace, for them to be built up, for them to walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and to be multiplied. We pray for small and struggling churches who have just a handful and find that very hard, that you might encourage them, bless them, add to them, use them. We pray for big churches where there are big expectations for what they should do and could do, and there may be many strains of uh, overseeing and organising, and we pray that you would help the leaders in those churches. We pray that we might see many churches growing as people are brought in to know the Saviour. We pray for the summertime. We think of the Bible week that's been on at the Slade this week and we pray that that may lead to good fruit. We think of our own events but we also think of others as other churches have Bible weeks and camps and holidays. We think of the beach missions which occur and uh, some of the folk here going to help on those beach missions. We pray that you'd help them and use them, bless them make them ways in which the gospel is announced and goes forward. We pray for the gospel to spread across the nations. We think particularly of the work in Cyprus. We thank you for the student seminars on this week and we pray that the students there may really grow in your truth and be increasingly like Christ. And we pray for James and Rachel as they head over this week. We pray that you would bless them as they come over, that they might be encouraged by being back here. Um, that you would help James as he uh, gives the address at a uh, wedding on Thursday and as he preaches here next Sunday morning and has other responsibilities in the time he's got here. We pray you be his strength and his helper and use him. We thank you that we can come to your word this evening. We do pray that you would open our eyes, that you would move our hearts, that you would impress us with your truth. We pray for the Spirit's help. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
Well, we're going to have the Bible read to us in a minute. I'll just say um, that uh, Wes is obviously into Daniel at the minute. Those of you who are chaps, you might remember that we had the Rob Picker in evening last autumn. Well, this autumn, uh, Wes has kindly agreed to come to speak to us chaps, and he's going to be speaking of men of character, not men of, cult- not men of our culture, and that's going to be from Daniel. And also tonight we are hearing from Daniel 9. And Steve Potts is going to read uh, some of those verses to us. Thank you, Steve. Yes, our reading is taken from Daniel chapter 9, starting at verse 1. That's in the Church Bibles, page 746. Headed up, Daniel's prayer for his people. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent to Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely seventy years. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled. Turn his aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us, open shame. As at this day, as at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them because of the treachery they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame, to our kings, to our princes and to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord, our God, belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice, and the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favour of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself. As at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. 
For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Amen. Thank you. Well, we're going to sing one further song before Wes comes up and preaches. Uh, it's the song, Who who, uh, who Alone, if you can put it up for me, and then I haven't got the words written down. Thank you. Who, O oh Lord, could save themselves? We were reminded in the reading the prayer about shame, and here we're reminded of the solution. Who, O oh Lord, could save themselves, their own soul could heal. Let's sing together our second song. funny, isn't it, how if you go on social media, an hour or two just feels like five minutes. It's funny, isn't it, how you just plan to watch one funny YouTube clip, but then you end up watching 47. It's funny how chatting to a friend for an hour just feels like five minutes. But it's also funny how sometimes Praying for five minutes can feel like an hour. Now, why is that? Because praying is tough. Praying's hard work. Come and chat to me afterwards if you've cracked it and you find it easy and simple. I, I would love to know. But the Bible tells us how men and women wrestled in prayer. How yes, it's fabulous, yes, it's essential, yes, it's wonderful, but it's tough because we're engaging in spiritual warfare. We're praying to God and the devil, our enemy, he hates that. He'll do everything he can to try and stop us praying because he knows, he knows more than us often that prayer does change things and prayer changes us. So it's hard. I've been a Christian for 40 odd years and still I feel at times like the disciples when they went to Jesus and they said, Lord, please, just just teach us how to pray. Well, here in Daniel 9, we've got a fabulous example of prayer. But one specifically of repentance. And Daniel's life, even though it was two and a half thousand years ago, two and a half thousand miles away, It's far, far more relevant than you and I perhaps think. 
Because he was living as an exile in a foreign land. And if we're God's people, that's what it so often feels like being a Christian in this country. And the pressures from our culture, the ideology to try and tempt us to live and compromise our faith is powerful. Sometimes we believe our views as Christians, they're just laughed at, ignored, mocked, ridiculed. So what do we do? Should we throw the towel in? Should we just give up? Should we just hunker down and just wait until Jesus returns and then it'll be all okay? No, we pray like Daniel. Summer's a great time, I think, to to review things, um, to have a little bit of a checkup. And I think summer's a great time to to try and evaluate your prayers. You know, how are you doing with your praying? Why not give your praying an MOT? My car went for its MOT this past week. It passed. But what about your praying? Would it pass? I also went to the dentist in the past week, the first time in nine years. Why? Well, because I'm terrified of the dentist. But why did I go? Because I needed a checkup and there were things wrong. And I was so relieved I did go in the end because of the treatment that I had, even though we had a barbecue that night and I couldn't eat anything. But anyway, that's besides the point. I've listed that I think, just going through chapter 9, seven things that we see. Um, Don't be terrified. A preacher once said, if you've ever got more than three points, don't tell the congregation. They'll feel like, you know, they're losing the will to live. We'll be fast. Preparation. You know, maybe, maybe you find prayer a real struggle because you never prepare. You just start to pray and you think it's all going to be fabulous and wonderful. And what do teachers often say in the run-up to exams? Fail to prepare. Prepare to fail. The Commonwealth Games has just started in Birmingham. I mean, imagine if we could add up all the hours from all the athletes that they've put in preparing for their events over days and months and years. Laura Kenny, she is uh, Britain's most decorated women cyclist. Well, imagine if she just thought, hey, I've won so many events before, I won't bother preparing for the Commonwealth Games. Well, she would lose. I mean, she needs to prepare so much more. She's even a young mum now, which is incredible, the way she's preparing for these events. You can't just rock up as an athlete and expect to win. And we can't just go, oh, I'm going to have pray now. We need to prepare ourselves. Let's just remind ourselves, though, of Daniel and where he is at the moment, because we'll all know incidents of in the lion's den and maybe chapter one, where he resolved not to eat the food and drink from the king's table. Well, here it's very different. This is a long, long time on. This is during King Darius the Mede. Remarkably, Daniel, as he was dragged off into exile, into Babylon, away from Jerusalem, he has been in Babylon now for 68 years. And he's serving under yet another king. He's seen so many come and go. He's even seen a change in empires. It was a little bit like our queen. Is it 14 or 15 prime ministers? She started with Winston Churchill. And then Boris was another one she recently um, was waving goodbye to. Well, Daniel's preparation, where does it come from? Interestingly, maybe you say, well, how do I prepare to pray? Daniel's preparation comes from reading the Bible. He's having his own devotions. I mean, we know that he did. He got into trouble for that, didn't he? He got thrown into the lion's den. He's reading his Bible. When I first became a Christian at the age of 15, I remember reading a book by John Blanchard. And um, back then, as still today, I'm very, very fond of my food. But I remember him saying just this little phrase, and it's really stuck with me, Bible before breakfast. He was saying, you know, why don't you try and feed your soul spiritually before you feed your body? And that sort of stuck with me. And it was like, yeah, get my Bible out, have a bit of a pray before I dive into my shreddies or whatever it is. Then I met a guy a few years later, Barry, on Beach Mission. 
Barry from Burnley. They're all bees, actually. I've just realised. And then his little motto was, Where's in the morning? In the morning, brother. A brew, a biro, and the Bible. It equals a blessing. And it was great. Yeah, and it does. It does. Reading God's word gives us a great start. Oh, wow, yeah. What we've read, we then take into our prayers. And Daniel, with his Weetabix, was reading all about Jeremiah's prophecy. And he was reading, no doubt, in chapter 29, verse 10. And it's all about how after 70 years... How many years had he been there? 68, right? Well, after 70 years, God said, I'm going to bring you back from captivity. And it's that lovely verse that follows, you know, for I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and so on. But can you imagine how Daniel was reading this? Hang on. Hang on. After 70 years, wow, we've been here 68. It's only two years away and we're going to be free. Happy days. And it drives him to prayer. But interestingly, instead of breaking out into this is the day that the Lord has made, just the opposite. Verse 3. I turned to the Lord, pleading with him in prayer and petition, in fasting, sackcloth and ashes. You see, wow, Daniel was serious about praying. So he's prepared his heart by reading God's word. And and now he's got plenty of fuel to pray about. He's got in the right frame of mind. And so reading God's word will get us in the right frame of mind. And it'll, it'll help lift our prayers from, you know, sometimes we just slip into those, Lord bless so and so and be with so and so prayers, you know. And we'll have something else to pray about. You know, prayers of great substance and truth and great themes. Secondly, adoration, verse 4. Speaking of the Commonwealth Games, the 100 metres that's often the end of these um, big events. Can can you imagine, they're all on the starting blocks. And uh, the moment the gun goes, one one of the athletes there, he or she, they're they're all lining up. And just before the starting gun goes, they they see their mum in the crowd. Mum! Mum! The gun goes. If they're still waving, they've lost. I think Usain Bolt still holds the record for his reaction. It's something like 155 milliseconds within the gun going off. He's gone. He's left his blocks. He's prepared and he's starting in the right way. You know, if we want to get our prayers off to a great start, I I think adoration is a wonderful thing. Listen to Daniel, the start of his prayer. Oh Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him. Now he had huge things to pray about. No doubt he was really excited about this 70 years and it was 68. And But he begins by adoration, just like Jesus taught us. Remember Jesus? You know, when you pray, say, our Father, hallowed, hallowed be your name. When I start to pray in my own times of prayer, I often think about some of God's attributes. So maybe I'll think about his faithfulness, or I'll think about his patience, or, or I'll think about his forgiveness. And, and it, just, it just warms and it stirs my heart and gets me in that right frame of mind. Because our God is an awesome God, and he does deserve all the praise we can ever give him. So we want to get in the right frame of mind, and we want to get our hearts in that right posture. So we come properly prepared, acknowledging who God is and understanding who we're speaking to as we adore him. It's not just anyone. This is is almighty, all-sovereign God. Thirdly, confession. I find it strange that Daniel here is repenting. Because when we think about Daniel, really, don't we just think, wow, Daniel, what a guy. I mean, he had the courage to stand up and say, sorry, I'm, I'm not eating from the king's table. I'm not, I'm not drinking any of his wine. And then the whole lion's den incident. And we think, Daniel? What, what's Daniel got to repent about? I mean, Daniel's just this great, godly man. 
But now he's confessing, not just on behalf of his people, the Jews, but for himself. He's talking about his own wickedness and rebellion. He's talking about being unfaithful. Really, Daniel, we might say? I mean, have you got anything to repent about? Maybe Daniel could go on these, one of these, you know, self-love, appreciation, empowerment days. You know, how to learn to love himself more. You know, I I think you're really struggling from low self-esteem, Daniel. You shouldn't say all those nasty things about yourself. And, And tonight, tonight, Daniel, before you go to bed, I want you to give yourself an extra big hug. And, and, and look in that mirror and, and say to yourself, you know, you're, you're really wonderful, Daniel. Say, say it five times. You're a wonderful person, Daniel. Now, now don't get me wrong. Low, low self-esteem and, and self-loathing ca- can be dangerous and we're in a fragile mental state. But we're not, we're not talking about that. We're just talking simply about understanding who we are. Not compared to our mates. Not compared to the person that's really annoying and does all sorts of wrong things or it's got really foul language. Compared to God. All holy. All awesome. All consuming God. And and yet us. Because a correct understanding and perception of ourselves just just helps us realise how far we are from God and his greatness and his glory. And it will improve our prayers, I'm sure. And maybe spending less time, you know, we we can be good at this, and especially as Christians, you know, tutting about the state of the nation. Oh, dear, you know, the thing. You know, just what is going on? You know, we just despair. Hey, what about our own hearts? What about our own responsibility as churches? You know, when we see the state of the nation and so on, well, well, maybe we as Christians, maybe us as individuals, we haven't spoken up enough. We haven't shared our faith enough. We, we haven't loved our communities enough. What, what about praying that God would have mercy on us? You know, it's so easy to complain about others and the state of the nation. And what does that do? That deflects attention away from us. And, and, and it lifts us up onto a little pedestal and it makes us feel better about ourselves. Daniel didn't want to do that. He knew before God. He was just a sinner. Billy Graham said this years ago, to get a nation back on its feet, the nation first must get get down on its knees. Well, do you know what? As we look around and as we see most of our politicians and leaders, tragically, they're not getting down on their knees in prayer, are they? But we can. We can as the church. We can ask for God's mercy and forgiveness. If you've been praying about the next prime minister, maybe say, oh, well, now and you can list all the things that you think are wrong with Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. But they are probably going to be our new prime minister. We should be praying for them. That, that God would have mercy on them. That, that God would open their eyes to see his truths. Now I'm not sure what it's like in Crowbar here at prayer meetings. Because I've not been in one of your prayer meetings. But when we at the Slade, at our church. When we have a time of confession sometimes uh, amongst the time, the time in our prayer. It is amazing. We we can't stop people confessing and breaking out in brokenness and tears and... No. It's generally the most difficult time of our prayer times. It's almost as if people are going, oh, come on, Wes, let's move on from confessing. Just give me the list. Give us the things to pray about. And then we can, oh, then we know, then we'll, we'll start praying. You know, confessing's hard. Now, I'm not saying that we have all this public confession and everyone, you know, airing their dirty linen in public. Not at all. But there's general things, like Daniel prayed generally. He he prayed about their wickedness. He prayed about their stubbornness. He prayed about their hard-heartedness. He prayed about their faithlessness. 
And these are some of the things that we could do, perhaps. We could make them specific, but, but not personal. You know, what, what about, have you, have we at the Slade, have, have we loved our community as we should have done? Have we served our community as we should have done? Do we know them? I mean, we, we know our church family, oh, so well. But we don't even know the names of our neighbours. Lord, forgive us for that. Fourthly, recognition. Get this in verses 11 to 14. Daniel's very clear and he's honest about why they're in trouble. Why they're being punished. Why they're in exile. Because God had warned that this would happen if they rebelled and they did. And he knows that they're guilty so he's putting his hand up with them. He says, we're we're guilty. We're, We're guilty with a big capital G. You know, when we as Christians admit our guilt and own it, accepting that there are grim consequences for our sin, and, and, and we don't make light of it, that is right in view of a holy God. Do we admit it when we've done wrong? You know, we, 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 we laugh sometimes, don't we, with, with little children, boys and girls, how they really struggle to say the word sorry. Do you know what? The older we get, we find it even harder. Parents here, grandparents, have your grandchildren, have your children, do they hear you say sorry when you've done and said things that are wrong? Is is your home, is your place, church when things go wrong, is it a place where where people own up and say, I I was really out of order there. I, I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. You see, I wonder... If God's not listening often to our prayers because there's things that we just haven't recognized like Daniel did. And so we haven't confessed them to God. And we've just glossed over them and, you know, maybe we've flown off the handle and we say, oh, well, well, that's just me. I've just got a terrible temper. Whoa, 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 hang on. Well, you need to deal with that. You need to confess that. Let's just think of some example. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you gossiped about a friend. And the friend was really hurt because the friend found out. And so the friend has actually ditched you and moved on with another group of friends. And even though you're the guilty person, all you can do is, you just, I can't believe it. How, how could they just drop me like that? It's just so, rather than, wow, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, that was not good. God wants us to come clean when we've done things that are wrong. And, and it's brave people. Brave people own up to their shame and their guilt. Five, repetition. It's unbelievable. Daniel mentions his people's and his own sin 20 times, all in different ways. Again, we might be tempted to think, Daniel, really? Is this necessary? I'm sure God heard you the first time you said you were sorry. Well, I'm sure God did. But, but, but Daniel feels the need to, to be broken and to confess it. And, and he builds towards verse 16 and he says that our sins have made Jerusalem an object of scorn to everyone around. That this is how bad they are. People are mocking us in our nation. What a dishonor we've brought on you, God. Sometimes we move on all too quickly, don't we, in repentance. Oh, well, I've said sorry, and I'll move on. Now, I'm not saying that we stay there and we wallow in it. That's wrong. But Daniel wants God to know the sincerity of his confession. He wants to know the huge impact that his sin and the sin of his people has had. Let's not rush with our apologies to God. Let's make sure that we're genuine. You know, parents will know if children are genuinely sorry. You, you may be heard, you know, a little child sometimes when it comes to repetition. They go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Can I go on the Xbox now? Is, is, that, is that really real, genuine apology? Six, petition. Now that Daniel has adored God, confessed his sin, his people's sin, he presents this great petition from verse 16 onwards. 
He wants God's rightful, God's just anger. He, he wants it nevertheless to be turned from him and his people. Listen to his humble, hopeful reason, verse 18. Not because we're righteous, Lord, are we asking for forgiveness. We're not coming to you, God, and saying that we deserve it. No, not at all. But because of your great mercy. He goes further in verse 19. Oh Lord, hear, forgive and act for your sake, for your name, for your honour. In effect, he's saying, Lord, we deserve only your judgment. We, we know that. But we also know wonderfully that you're slow to anger. You're abounding in love. And incredibly, you're full of mercy. What, what a privilege we have because we worship the same God. And in fact, Daniel, he was living before the cross. When it comes to us and the things that we plead and we ask for God's mercy, how we know that because of the cross, oh, we can plead for God's forgiveness and help because God's grace and mercy was displayed there supremely on the cross of Jesus. So we don't get what we deserve, his judgment. And instead, we get his grace. All the good things from God, his forgiveness, his peace, his hope, his help, even though we don't deserve any of it. Oh Lord, listen. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, hear and act. And let's not shy away from pleading with God humbly for big things. Big things for ourselves, big things for our church family, big things for our community, for our nation. We were hearing on Friday, um, someone was sharing a devotion in, in our summer kids club group about asking God audacious things. And why ever not? Why can't we plead with God for some massive things? Especially when our extravagant God has already outrageously, lavishly, audaciously, he's already given us the best he can ever give us in his son Jesus. So, so why, Romans 8 tells us, well, why would God ever withhold anything good from us when he's already given us his best? To ask big things. Seven, Revelation. Now, these are the last few verses. We've just got it in. We, we didn't have the verses read because of time. Um, if, if you've been excited, though, because you saw, oh, wow, the 77s, the abomination that causes desolation, unfortunately, our time has, has nearly gone. So we're not going to be going into it. Um, but just very, very simplistically to say, how interesting, after Daniel's passionate prayer, what happens? Gabriel, God's angel, sent Look at verse 23. This is wonderful, isn't it? Look, look, look at Gabriel's words. This, this is what he comes. After Daniel's poured his heart out. Daniel, God hears you. Daniel, God sent me. Daniel, you are greatly loved by God. And you know, that is a truth so many years on for all of us today as God's children. The God's with us. That God loves us. And you know he loves even our feeble prayers. You know sometimes we just think. And especially maybe when we're in prayer meetings. And we hear some of the other older Christians pray. And we just think oh my goodness. My prayers are so rubbish compared. Well number one no they're not. If they're from your heart. God loves to hear all our prayers. And God tells us. That we're loved. And he loves it when we speak to him. He loves it when we pour our hearts out to him. Why? Because he's our perfect heavenly dad. He wants us when we're upset. He wants us when we're stressed. He wants us when we're confused. Not to rush off to anyone and everyone else. He wants us to go to him. Because he loves to hear and help us. Verse 24 I believe is all about Jesus how he'll come and ultimately pay for our sin. He's going to usher in this wonderful new kingdom as Jesus returns, taking his people to be with him forever. Well, in conclusion, 
Let's pray prayers that are biblical. Bible prayers. No, don't, don't get to the end of the summer. It's the last day of July. You've got August coming up. Don't, don't get to the end of August and just think, oh, wow, yeah. That guy came and he said to have a think about what your praying's like. And don't, don't, don't come to the end of August and you haven't even thought about it. T- t- take it on a, a little MOT. So see if you can try and improve your prayers. Why not take this, this outline and well, why, not, why not use that as, as, a, as a bit of a pattern once or twice? Let me just go through the seven again very briefly. Preparation. Don't just rush into praying and expect it all to happen. Prepare. Prepare what you're going to pray about. Secondly, adoration. Stir your heart. Read God's word. Listen to a Christian song. Enjoy the lyrics. Go, go out and, wow, I mean, you live here. We went on a walk this afternoon. I mean, you only need to wander for about two seconds. You can just go, wow, how great is our God. Confession. Be serious about your sin. Own it. Maybe there's something that you really should have confessed a long time ago. And that's the key thing that's holding back your praying. Recognition. Don't gloss over things. Repetition. In the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses comes straight after. Give us our daily bread. And so I wonder whether Jesus is also saying forgiveness is a daily thing you need to ask for. Petition. When when was the last time you really pleaded with God for something big? I don't know, that that friend, that family member that you gave up praying for years ago because, well, they're just never going to come to God. Big pleadings with God. Because when we pray big prayers, we're praying to an even bigger God, of course. Revelation. Have you recorded anything that God's revealed to you recently, the way he's answered your prayers? I mean, just think of some of the prayers God's answered for you as a church here at Forest Fold just this past year. That there would be hundreds, thousands. What about some prayer helps? Go, go first of all, I'd say... Talk to, to, to those who are older. How, how do they keep their prayers fresh? Get asked, go, go and ask them. Say, just give me some tips. What about getting up a, a prayer list? We hear of so many people, don't we? Generally older Christians, that they have these prayer lists. We'll, we'll, we'll make one. Just have seven different things, you know, specific things for the days of the week that you're going to pray about. What about downloading a prayer app? There's some great prayer apps that you can download on your phones. What about sticking to a time? You know, Daniel, he had these three specific times, didn't he? Well, why don't you get a time and say, no, this is the time I'm going to stick to every day. And I'm going to have a few minutes in prayer. What about getting someone to pray with you? Or or getting with a few of your mates? What about reading a book on prayer? There are tons. Ask John. There's loads of great books. What about setting up a WhatsApp prayer group? You know, where, where, where you, you just share some things that you want people to pray about. We've got uh, one guy, he runs a Bible study with me in our house, Mel. And, and he always makes sure, after a few weeks of things that we've been praying about, he always says, let's go through some of those things. And it's amazing to think, oh wow, God answered prayer for that. God answered prayer for that. And he answered prayer for that. Wow, he answered prayer for that one in a very surprising way. What about varying your praying? I mean, go for a walk again. You live around here, my goodness. Wow. What about writing your prayers out if you're struggling to concentrate? What about speaking them out aloud? Why do I suggest all these things? Because because praying's fabulous. I mean, it's one of God's greatest gifts to us. And, and, And what are we doing with it? You know, can you remember as a, a really young child, you know, a, a favourite toy you got, or a favourite teddy, or, or some little game or something, and, and you just loved it, and you played it to death until it fell apart, or because you, you, you loved it so much, because it was one of, oh yeah, I remember, it was one of the best gifts I was given. 
Prayer is one of God's greatest gifts. Let's not just leave it on the side. And, and, And why is it tough though? Let's remind ourselves like we said at the beginning. Because because we have an enemy in the devil and he hates us praying. One of the old lines from an old hymn says, Satan trembles when he sees who? The weakest saint on his knees. You know, so even the youngest Christian, even the Christian who's, who's praying the, 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 the worst prayers, Satan hates it because he knows he knows more than we and what we know, sadly, he knows that God answers prayer. He knows that prayer changes things. And he knows that prayer changes us. Oh, let's love prayer. But let's encourage one another in it. Because it is hard. But wow, what a precious, wonderful gift it is. Amen. Well, let's sing um, this song to close our service. Asking that that God would restore the honour of his name um, in our nation. Yes, but in our our hearts as well. All stand as the music plays. Thank you. Would you, yes, restore the honour of your name in, in our nation, in our land. But you, would you restore the honour of your name in our own hearts right now? Or would you remind us how great you are, how good you are? You love us so much, you, you even give us this, this fabulous means of talking to you, the Holy God. Oh, would you help us to see that despite prayer being tough, it's one of the most precious privileges we can ever have. Lord, please make us a praying people that we might pray for the honour of your name always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.